Hello, hello everyone. We are back here on our front porch in Austin and who doggy? It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> We're on the front porch in the middle of the Texas summer. Hello. Okay, last time we did this it was nice and cool for yeah, actually we had a, we had an extended it was extended cool time or cool ish. We've actually had a really soft relative summer. to Austin, yeah. but now we're we're in the hundreds now and it's sweaty and gross. But we're uh-huh. we're, st- we're it's, we, it's intuitive and essentialized. We were out having brunch today. It's Sunday, and we were like, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of cloud cover. Let's do another podcast. Yeah. We can we can manage being on our porch, and Good. seeing as how it's Sunday. And not to be old school, but we thought it would be fun mm. to do a podcast on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. which actually we've been talking about doing for a while. Um, the Sabbath, it, not necessarily it. being Sunday, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> but uh, the Sabbath as a topic, because Derek was yeah. really studying it a lot yeah. um, this year, reading a few books on it and yeah. in it and about it. And so I thought and the Sabbath, he could yeah. share the a Sabbath little bit. As, the Sabbath as a part of God that exactly. you have to find weekly, which and, was the concept originally. Exactly. So, like, what is God Sabbathing in himself? And, yeah. like, how do you get to that space so you can live well? And, and yeah, like, so thinking about it. we'll talk about it for a little bit. I'll, I'll kind of poke and prod Derek for, for a few things he, about it that he's been learning. And then maybe we can I just read some. I think he has more knowledge about the Sabbath as a subject than I do, but... And we'll read a few things. Yeah, maybe we just read a couple sections from some of my favorite thinkers around how to rest in God and how to find that Sabbath space. Right. And then, you know, some more poetic, some more grounded, like in terms of practice, but like kind of just circling around how to how to know that part of, of God and your own spirituality, how to live from Sabbath and how to find Sabbath. Yeah. Sounds like Arch, a good Arch, let it find Sounds like you. a good subject for a Sunday porch talk. Mm-hmm. So just one technical note because a few people have asked us I've been putting these podcasts on SoundCloud. Um, I don't know anything about putting them on iTunes, and I can figure that out. But SoundCloud is a site where you can subscribe. You have to have an account, but you can subscribe to podcasts. Like, you can subscribe to all sorts of things. And then we also have a website that I made. I just threw up very quickly because I like throwing up websites. It's called Front Porch with Derek and Amy. I'll have to dot it's com. Front Porch Talks. Well, it? we'll put a link. So you can find our podcast either on that site or on SoundCloud. And I will, yeah. when we share this stuff on Facebook too, I'll yeah. put those links so you know where to yeah. find them. However you want to listen to them. Yeah. yeah. We'll make it easy as possible. We'll make it easy to come to our front porch. Exactly. Yeah. So, here we go. Mm. Um, Sabbath. So, yeah. You, you start. You've been reading a lot about yep. the Sabbath lately, mm-hmm. and you and I have our own practices there and our own personal definitions of what that means. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Sabbath as a way of life, as mm-hmm. an internal thing, is something that I feel like well, we both have talked about this, that we, that as a culture, we really struggle with mm-hmm. that. Um, in our relationships, we struggle with that. In our personal life, how mm-hmm. to really live Sabbath, and not just one day a week in this kind of rigid way to live from to live from sabbath mm-hmm. and what that means and is that actually a commandment mm-hmm. and all that good stuff mm-hmm. so you you start mm-hmm. you talk from what you've been well like I, I started getting interested in it because I, I was kind of seeing a lot of my friends uh struggle and you know kind of uh, the you know in life with the overproduction stuff where it's hard to come back and find rest at the end of the day so you're really living from uh a space of peace with god Mm-hmm. And then doing doing all your things from that place of Sabbath. So I started seeing, hey, this is a real need to practice Sabbath. 
and like it's not just about going to church it's about like finding a way daily even um, you know to to be able to to move out from the garden into the valley or whatever if you want to look at it in those metaphors but to find the, the the place of of sabbath and then to actually do things from that place of rest peace action and so and i think we weren't given a whole bunch of tools especially in my generation to practice you know um a, a way of rest um or what watchman is i'll read later talk about sitting with him so you know that we were invited to sit with christ before we walked and stood you know it's his metaphors but like how do you sit with christ in a practical way daily and uh and and walk that out so first of all it came the interest came i was just sharing that part because it came from like seeing that that's a need that people are kind of overworked and you know in a in a kind of uh culture of now or what that Brueggemann would call like a culture of now like nowness and demand and commodity or whatever and so like even in ministry people have a hard time finding a practice of rest and being able to move from a place of 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 being in peace or whatever yeah and then the second one was like i started reading you know, people like who passed away recently but like people like henry Nowen, people like merton different people who had written a whole lot about what it means to rest in him and to live from that that place of sabbathing yeah. and both of those guys wrote quite a bit about it a lot of mystics did mm-hmm. it's that place of indwelling and indwelling. how to move from that and how to do it so when henry Nowen's case what interested me about three of his books but with that he was he was trying to do it in a practical daily way so like even if he had to interrupt a meal to go pull back and pray like he was doing three times a day of like reading psalms not in a religious way but in a way of pulling back so he didn't get overextended as an extrovert or whatever in his life yeah and so i was really impressed that okay somehow he's staying you know living from his his true uh, center he would name it but like his his a deeper self because he has a practice of sabbath daily so it yeah. wasn't just the, that once a week thing but it was like like the jews believe everything flows from god's sabbath mm-hmm. so like you know i am therefore i do all these things that i'm going to list and then i'm going to rest again so the whole genesis story is basically emulating he's talking about how god moves from his own peace mm-hmm. and his own i amness mm-hmm. and i think he wants us to move from our i amness too or our true identity if you want to call it that right and one of the things that interests me is because all of us we all do in some degree or another struggle with what i call performance orientation mm-hmm. and that is living out from a place of your value and your self-worth being based on your performance yeah. and that plays a lot into religion too and you know it's part of our our nature and at the same time we're being called into this redemptive way of of living from our worth in him and i think there's a deep sabbath meaning in that mm-hmm. and for some for some i mean we can talk about our mm-hmm. own personal journeys with this but for some people there's there's a real journey there um especially if in your life you know whether if you come from a culture that that puts a high value on your on your worth as a person of work i mean i'm come from like you know midwestern work ethic mm-hmm. you know and also the religious background i have too it's like we're even you know my my faith or my belief system is based often on my performance and that and that carries a lot of weight in in daily life and so what it means to really shed yourself from those things and and recognize when you're moving 
out of that performance orientation mm-hmm. and into a place of, of being and rest with him. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll talk about some practical ways you and yeah. I have learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with that, so the thing I would ask about that is like, how does that relate to spiritual perfectionism? I so think we that have is this, regardless yeah. of whether you're under, like, uh, you know, where you need to save a whole bunch of people, get everybody to heaven, or whether you're under, I need to make a lot of money and have 10 different types of, you know, businesses going on, or whatever your pressures are in life, whether they're ministry type pressures or whether they're defined by culture. Or even uh, in good things. I mean, we can place a lot of our worth in serving other people, mm-hmm. and that can. That can become a high performance. Mm-hmm. It's valued by society as yeah. good, and so you can. It's mm-hmm. it's very internal and private what's That's going funny. on. But, but we we might have to pause this now and then check on our dog who does not like thunder. It's starting not to like thunder. thunder. <laughs> Roland Roland Texas no, thunder. We have a crazy border collie who does not like thunder. Talk but yeah, little. anyway, that's but, so, but that question of spiritual perfectionism because I think you can also get caught up in yeah you're performing in order to you know whatever win things, but also you get this pressure. Um, to, uh, you know, I need to be faithful with the projects I've been given. And da, 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 da. So, but, but you start doing that in a place that's not from rest or not really, when I say rest, resting in him. So what Paul was saying in Ephesians, you know, to how do you be in him? What's your practice of staying in him? So, you know, um, and I, I kind of, well, on that point, before we start reading, wanted to suggest going back to Jesus' spiritual practices, real simple. And maybe, actually, just very beginning, well, let's just start by defining it as it exists in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'll just read the scripture. Yeah. And then Perfect. you can talk about. Perfect. Because uh, I've been thinking about how he stayed in rest. Yeah. When he, in his practice and what he was modeling, obviously. But like, how does, how did he stay in a place where he was only doing what he saw the father doing? And he was uh, living out from that place of peace where he could, he could speak from his uh, deeper heart and, uh, and bless those around him. So obviously when we're talking about Sabbath, we're talking about Shabbat, which mm-hmm. comes from the Jewish scriptures. Shabbat Shalom, Mama. Shabbat Shalom. Sorry. It comes from the Jewish scriptures, mm-hmm. and it is first mentioned in Genesis 2. Yeah. So the heavens and the earth mm. and everything in them were completed. Mm. So this is after the six days, all this great stuff. Yeah. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. After a lot of work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Genesis 2, 2. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. Mm. And so that is the foundation of Shabbat in Judaism and obviously in, in Christian. <coughs> tradition as well so you have this i mean one thing for instance that, that i have that God heard took a, a, a right is that is the very first thing in scripture mm. that was called holy mm. so the first six days he created the earth and he everything was good he kept saying that was good and on the seventh day he didn't just say it was good he called it holy so he sanctified yeah. so there are several things in scripture that were sanctified but the sabbath was the very first thing that was sanctified mm-hmm. and called holy so it means it's the center of of his mm-hmm. sanctified creation yep. and and um and then obviously then you get into jesus life where it was one of the main things he was wrestling with the religious leaders about <laughs> what yep. is the sabbath what does it mean to live the sabbath what can you do and and the mm-hmm. questions they were asking and the upside down qu- answers he was saying mm. yeah so and yeah, you know, and Heschel writes so good about that, or so well. Like he writes, uh, you know, how you know it was, um, it was a day where God made holy. Mm-hmm. So we have to. The reason why we keep it is not a religious reason. It's it's because 
there, there's a there, there's a there's a part of him that we enter through it. Yeah. Um, that that everything else flows out from during yeah. the week. So our activities and our ethics and our encountering people at cafes is all coming from that place in God of Sabbath. Yeah. And so they really write. I mean, God, the Midrash is just. And the Talmud's just filled with like meditations on what Sabbath is, right? Because it's their highest. It's almost like Torah. It's like their highest uh, expression of who God is. And so right. God Himself set that model at the yeah. beginning of Genesis. Like I rest, I rest in my own I am. Yeah. And so we, He wants us to learn how to do that. Yeah. And so we could go so far as to say, you know, we're commanded to live the Sabbath mm-hmm. in some way. We are commanded to, and not just because. And that's not a commandment to do this or mm-hmm. else, but it actually there is an or else because because it's a part of the way things were created. If we don't rest and we don't learn that and we don't integrate that, mm-hmm. we're not in sync with the way that he created things. Yeah. Because he himself rested and he created things to rest. Yes. After that it's like the very day after he created man, he rested, which means that Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve also rested. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I thought was part of what it means to be human as well, is to know how to live from rest. Yeah. So that you can really kind of consecrate your time during the week. Right. Um, but from a place, and I think it relates to peace as well, because a lot of people in this stage, especially right now, are talking a lot about how to practice peace. So, like, moving from peace rather than reaction to the constant drama of the surface. Like, right. how do you move from peace? Mm. And a lot of that has to do with having a practice of Sabbath. Yeah. So, like, if I'm, like, reacting every single day to everything on the Internet, or I'm just reacting, I, I, I start to get drawn out from that place of peace. Right. And so I'm no longer able to sanctify time, as a way, you know, when, you know, to be able to interpret or even sanctify things outside myself, or to partner uh, with God in, in redeeming and, and reconciling and rectifying, making things whole. Yeah. So, you know, Sabbath is kind of a basic practice of if you really want to make things whole outside of you through your work and through your life and through your daily labors, like, you have to move from a place where you're with Him in peace. And so, you know, again, going back to, like, what Jesus was doing, His practice was to hide in the lonely places with the Father. Mm. So He would, I was going to read from that Henry Nowen thing, uh, so he said, like, I'll just read from this one book. It's um, Out of Solitude. It's uh, some meditations that Henry Nowen wrote late in his life. So in the morning, long before dawn, he got up and left the house and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. And he's talking about Jesus. When Simon and his companions found him, Jesus said, Let us go to the neighboring country towns so that I can proclaim the message there too, because that is why I came. So, uh, again, like... Uh, just even in that little passage, he draws into prayer, and then he's into activity. So then he's wanting to move out and proclaim his message or the words that he has. So he's not just like kind of proclaiming his words. You know, he's, he's actually moving from that lonely place of prayer. Mm. And he goes on, the words which Jesus spoke in the neighboring country towns were born in the intimacy with the Father. Being born in the intimacy with the Father is what gave them potency. Mm. Okay. So yeah. this is what we're talking about. Right. It's like, you know, how do you draw your activities from that place of Sabbath? Right. So that they have potency to change people's lives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, he, and he's looking in this whole book about Jesus' spirituality was always one of drawing away into the Father. Yeah. He was always, like, uh, retreating into his Father and into their relationship and then would act immediately like out into the world from that place of peace and and rest 
Um, so, uh, you know, he's talking a lot about, in some ways in this whole book, he's talking about how Jesus' ministry flowed from that place of prayer with the Father and communion, intimacy with the Father. So how, how we also are meant to, like, practice drawing into that intimacy. Right. Which, to me, Sabbath is basically the most uninterrupted version of intimacy that right. we have with Father God. So if we take all the pressures off of ourselves, all the condemnations from others, all the world stuff, and we sit with the Father in that place of Sabbath, Mm. We gather a strength from that intimacy to be able to do the activities in a way that's actually a lot more fruitful and a lot more joyful and a lot more. Yeah. So that was Jesus' practice. He did it over and over and over and over. He was even doing it the night before his, he was taken for his crucifixion, right? Right. He's out there praying. Right. And he would kind of condemn them for falling asleep. But right. It, but it was this uh, idea of like, here, I'm modeling this for you. Yeah. I'm actually praying with my father at the moment that I know I'm going to be taken into this yeah. uh, great drama. Uh, in yeah. this chapter you know. yeah. so there is something about watching him draw into Sabbath with the Father right? and rest and knowing um, and so he writes a lot about this in this book anyways And so thinking about like Jesus' spirituality which is always good to think about right Yeah. but like he modeled the Sabbath and he modeled retreating to the Father yeah. in a place of rest Yeah. and then sometimes the Father might be doing something like when he having the conflicts with the Pharisees like oh my father's actually helping the poor today so I'm yeah. going to be helping the poor but he did that from his from a place of yeah knowing yeah the father's I am was touching Jesus's I am and they were they were yeah. they were in communion yeah um, so he points out in this book a lot anyways that Jesus's personal spiritual practice had a lot to do with drawing he calls it the lonely place of prayer Mm. You know, but like, and it is lonely in the sense, you know, I understand that. It's a good use of English. Mm-hmm. But like, so Jesus is constantly drawing back into the Father's rest. You know, mm-hmm. again, the Father's always concerned but never stressed. So he's mm-hmm. always resting in his own I am. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, and he kind of draws that out. And I, I kind of like with that one, and then going before earlier generations, this guy, you know, Watchman Nee, the Chinese guy, but he's talking a lot about what it means to sit with. So he's talking about Christian practice. Right. So we're good at, I think we're good at walking and standing. So Derek's talking, he's got the book Watchman Nee, Sit, Walk, Stand, which some of you may have read. It's a classic in Christian literature. It's a great book about what it means to, you start from a place of sitting, you go into a place of walking and then standing. Mm -hmm. It's a very good book. I mean, anybody. It's a really simple metaphor. Journeying in the Christian life life. to read it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, he says, so God made us to sit, and made us to sit with him. Let us first consider the implications of this word sit. As we have said, it reveals the secret of the heavenly life. Christianity does not begin with walking, it begins with sitting. And I think that's huge, especially you know, in the 20th century where you, you know, it's always about like going out and saving and feeding the poor and all that. But actually, you have to do that from sitting. So that's actually walking. When you're walking out in the world and helping everyone and doing mm-hmm. the things that we're meant to do. Mm-hmm. But we have to do it from a place of having sat with him first. So mm-hmm. in, Hebrew, you know, in Hebrews, again, you know, having sat with him in the heavenly places, all these things. There's multiple times where he's teaching us to. Mm. We've been, we've, we are actually seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And we act from that place of, of sitting. And I think the metaphor is good of mm-hmm. sitting with Christ. And then we walk and we stand and we feed the poor and we heal the blind and we, we, we make the, we bring the kingdom and we do all this. But, but the, so this whole book starts, the whole first three chapters are about sitting. Mm. Um, the 
Christian era began with Christ, of whom we are told that when he had uh, made purification of sins, he sat down. So he points that out. It's a little prophetic, but he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So even Jesus himself, when he ascended, seat, sits down. Uh, mm. He doesn't stand up. He's not leaning in. He's not like, oh. Yes, he li ever lives to make intercession, and he has work he's doing, but he does it from a place of being seated in his own identity with Father. Mm. So he sat down on high in the heavens. He was seated down. He sat down. So mm. that's a place of, of repose. That's mm. a place of, of relaxing in the relationship with the Father. Mm. And I think many people in our generation specifically do not relax with the Father. No. And they're also not seated on their own authority or their own thrones yeah. uh, that they're given to rest with him in. Yeah. But what you see here is even Jesus, when he got to heaven after doing that resurrection trip, you know, mm. uh, when he's walking around the earth for 40 days, he sits down. Mm. He sits down again. And before yeah. he left, he retreated to the lonely places. Yeah. So he's always like hiding in the Sabbath of the Father, mm. and he's finding it again, and he's he's pursuing it. Yeah. Uh, do you know? So we, mm -hmm. we talk about then, you know, like, what we, you know, with these books like you know, Walter Brueggemann's uh, Sabbath as Resistance, saying no to the culture of now. This book, it's sort of like that's like sort of for Western culture. It's sort of like, yeah, Sabbath is resistance to that constant like push to stand and walk before you sit. Yeah. And uh, there's something in there, you know, that I've been thinking about, like with w not only why to practice Sabbath, but how to practice it. Yeah. 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 Um, you're, while you're talking, it's just making me think of different disciplines um, that, that you can right. have in order to cultivate Sabbath in your Absolutely. life. So maybe we can talk about that at the end. Yeah. Things that you and I have done, maybe some suggestions yeah, for other people. Yeah, help. Yeah, sure. Um, but before we do that... Uh, yeah, let's just, I want to read this passage from Abraham Heschel because it was this book, and some of you may know this, it's called, uh, called The Sabbath. So, Abraham Heschel, who I think we probably mentioned in another podcast because we like him, yeah, it's a great was, book. was uh, a rabbi, and he's very widely read among uh, Christians and, and, and Jews. Um, he was a German Jew that lived in the U.S. for many years, and he's very poetic and very... It just makes you think very deeply about certain subjects. I'm reading his book on the prophets right now. But anyway, this book, The Sabbath, I discovered maybe like 12 years ago. Yeah. And not through Christian literature, but through other things I was studying. And I really fell in love with it because he talks about Sabbath as a place in time and not a place in space. It's not a oh, thing. Nice. So it's, he uses time as his metaphor. Yeah, and so I like this passage because I, I really recommend this book. It's a great meditation. It's something you don't have to digest all at once. You mm -hmm. can chew on it little yeah. bits. And you can also get a feeling for the Jewish concepts of Sabbath, which mm -hmm. I think is important for Christians to understand. Well, it's foundational, yeah. Right. So this is from his chapter Holiness in Time. Oh, I like cool. this. Holiness in time. Holiness in time, which I mentioned. So it was the first time. Was the first thing that God declared holy was a thing in time. Wow. You know. I remember. So. So here we go. Holiness in space, in nature, was known in other religions. So he talks a lot about in Roman religion, mm -hmm. holiness in space, like spaces, mountains, places, yeah. buildings, being sacred, being holy. Like the Samaritan woman was dialoguing about. Right. Yeah. So holiness in space, in nature, was known in other religions. New in the teaching of Judaism was that the idea of holiness was gradually shifted from space to time, mm. from the realm of nature to the realm of history, from things to events. Mm. 
the physical world became divested of any inherent sanctity. There mm. were no naturally sacred plants or animals anymore. Mm. To be sacred, a thing had to be consecrated by a conscious act of man. Mm. The quality of holiness is not in the grain of matter. It is a preciousness bestowed upon things by an act of con consecration and persisting in relation to God. Mm. The emphasis on time is a predominant feature of prophetic thinking. Quote, the day of the Lord is more important to prophets than, quote, the house of the Lord. And that's true. The day of the Lord is mentioned more times in the prophets than the house sure. of the Lord. Sure. Mankind is split into I'll nations and divided in states. It is a moment in time, the messianic end of days, that will give back to man what a thing in space, the Tower of Babel, had taken away. Oh, interesting. It was the vision of the messianic day in which the hope of restoring the unity of all men was one. Mm. There is no mention of a sacred place Boy, in the yes. Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, following the event at Sinai, Moses is told, In every place where I cause my name to be mentioned, I will come unto you uh. and I will bless you. So his presence, mm -hmm. his presence creates this uh, right. sanctity of, of, of uh, time. The awareness that sanctity is not bound to a particular place made possible the rise of the synagogue. So then he goes on to talk about why synagogues were needed. But he's, I like what he's mm. saying because he's talking about how um, time is this, is this a sanctified thing. And through time, mm. through you know, events in time, mm. is what, what creates... Yeah. The, the sanctity of other things, yeah. of places. And to take that out of the abstract, for example, like, you know, in obviously Judaism, you have all the, the sacred things are, first you have the Sabbath, mm -hmm. then you have the, the yearly, mm -hmm. you know, festivals. Writ festivals. Yeah. They're things in time, and they consecrate mm -hmm. um, movements in time, and then those things are celebrated within the, mm -hmm. the ways of space, too. Mm -hmm. And that, you know... So, so one of the so things they're, they're kind of like almost embodiments of God into time. Right. So since you have this uh, the living word thing with St. John's right. way of thinking, where God's trying to break into time and space always, yeah. like he, he also asks us to sanctify time so that right. he can be present in it. Exactly. So, which is why we do like real holiday or spiritual festivals. Right. And we, why we have even in our, I think our personal lives we have prayer times. Yeah. So we say like I'm going to pray for this hour and if God you know wants to show me something I'm going to give this hour of my day yeah. to him to show me something. So uh, I think that's important to understanding the way Jesus was acting. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. sure other people have more intelligent thoughts than I do about this, but the way Jesus was acting and arguing with the religious leaders of his time was mm -hmm. largely because they were accusing him of doing things on the Sabbath that mm -hmm. were against the law, mm -hmm. the laws of the Sabbath, which, mm -hmm. which were important, but the laws of the Sabbath were symbols that were pointing to something in time. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was saying, I am acting out of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I am basically the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to do with things. Mm -hmm. So I consecrate healing from a place of rest. Yeah. I can heal people on the Sabbath. Yeah. I consecrate, yeah. you know, and even later for Christians, for Gentiles, like, I consecrate this, like, you being able to eat this, that, that, because I, you're moving out of Sabbath, so it's not about the, the religious laws, it's about the thing inside you mm -hmm. that's consecrating the outward activities. And allowing him to come in. Does that so make even, sense? Yes, totally. It makes complete sense. It's like almost even communion is like this, it's, it's, a, it's a ritual, but it's also inviting him in. For right. this hour, I'm going to, like, uh, remember you 
yeah. like what he told us to do with that. Like yeah. it's interesting. It's one of the few rituals that he gave us, really. And then yeah. Paul kind of develops it out into systems. But, but Jesus actually just gave us a couple rituals. Yeah. You know, um, and even if you look at Acts two, basically it was just teaching and communion. But like the communion part is interesting because you're basically saying I'm going to meditate on you, but I'm also going to allow you to come in. Yeah. Like uh, weekly or you know, sometimes for me it's like and I'm talking going back to the practical practices of Sabbath, yeah. which I think is one of the sub subjects. Like, yeah. How do you practically practice? Well, you know, how about communion more often? <laughs> like, yeah. how about like uh, you know rem- remembering, um, you know, his death and resurrection, uh, even daily if we have to. Yeah. And of course, there's a corporate dimension where we do that together, so yeah. we really usher in his presence as we yeah. move as, as a body. Yeah. But but there is something with like um, just having spaces where you consecrate time. Yeah. Uh, for his presence, outside of anything I accomplish. Yeah. Do you know, and it, uh, the way Heschel says it in some of his uh, Yiddish poems is, I, I would like to stop caring less about my name and more about your name. Uh, it's a nice line. Actually, I'll read that because it's actually really cool. Uh, so this is uh, from this uh, collection called The Ineffable Name of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can read that part because it's quite nice. Um, so he said, my only treasure is that self-same word. He's talking about the word of God. I'd rather forget my name than yours. And there's a cry in the heart, in my heart, I'll make every word a name for you. So he's talking about even uh, um, incarnating in the space of a word. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to consecrate the words out of my mouth mm-hmm. as a place of the presence of the Most High. So he's saying, I want my words to be a place where you, you indwell, you come mm-hmm. in. And so we're talking about time. He's also talking about just writing or mm. speaking yeah. that this that this speech this conversation would be a place of his presence mm. that it would be a place where his his sabbath could dwell mm. and so we're you know kind of like this practice even daily mm. of you know writing speaking you know whatever we're doing being mm. a place for his his dwelling mm. uh, making it uh, you know what? What does Paul say in Corinthians that we are living temples? Yeah. So that we're we're meant to be like places of His dwelling. That's what it meant. The place yeah. where His presence dwelt, temple, and like we're living temples. Uh, you know, He says, and so like practicing that in practical ways of like making my speech holy. So yeah. my speech happens in time. Like even right now, this is occurring in time. Yeah. So like making that holy, like inviting the Lord's presence into that, so mm-hmm. that it becomes a, a holy activity, and not like in a platonist way like we're or plato way where it's like speech over there form over there it's like more like no lord let your presence be in my conversations daily yeah and this is part of the practice of the sabbath yeah so do you know what i'm saying yeah so but he's kind of writing about it you know but i'll make every word a name for you i'll call you i'll call you and he says forest night ike yes a collection of my moments weave a bit of eternity a gift for you yeah so he's saying i'm going to take every moment captive yeah for the lord to be present in. When I encounter Forrest, I'm going to mention that word through you, with yeah. you. I'm going to let you, Father, like say Forrest through me. Yeah. And this is this is the maybe the fruit of Sabbath. Yeah. If you want to call it the fruit yeah, of Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that you have. Yeah. So he writes this whole book on Sabbath. That's obviously Heschel's spirituality. Yeah. But then he comes out in poems and he's talking about stone. When I say that stone, I I need to speak that with the Father. Yeah. I need to collaborate with Him. And sanctifying stones, sanctifying the earth, like bringing the kingdom to the earth. Um, and then you get into like more like N.T. Wright's thinking of like the new creation, that we're participants in that. Right. But, but to me, it's exciting to think about consecrating time. You know, you're talking about the, the idea, and that's part of what God did when he created Sabbath. 
as a as a separate time in the week. Yeah. Um, he was trying to teach us how to draw into that part of him. Yeah. So that our lives would become more like um, poetically contagious with uh, power to cause things to to come forth. So when we see the even in nature, we see a tree and we say, "Oh, what a beautiful tree!" We're we're calling forth the beauty of that tree, mm -hmm. and I'm with uh, Martin Bieber on that. Like we actually are part of saying to the tree to remind the tree that it's a tree. Yeah. And uh, we've done. Thomas Merton said that but too. But we've done a <laughs> well, we've done a poor job of it. Yeah. But like part of the reason is because we haven't practiced Sabbath. Yeah. And so like you know again, God is always like naming us personally. So why wouldn't we be namers as well, like Adam, and 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 start to move from that place of consecrating space and time, you know, both. Yeah. And the earth, if we're going to try to, you know, be ushers in of a new earth and yeah, just yeah. basic, simple new creation stuff. Yeah, I have a thought about yes. that. But right now, yeah, yeah. let's pause, let's check on our dog, okay. and then we're going to come yeah, back. Yeah, let's do that, because that's important, we're speaking gonna of back, incarnation. And what, what I would like to do is ask you, um, so I feel like there are weekly practices, yes, daily, daily practices, yeah. seasonal, yearly practices, yes. and um, maybe we can kind of talk about our own experiences mm -hmm. and maybe offer some suggestions yeah, and, um, totally the praxis of the practice Sabbath. of Sabbath come on how to, now how to impart that how to impart yeah, it and how to live it how to live so it. how do you draw back even when you're in conversation and you feel drawn away from from him or from yourself yeah. how do you practice that in the moment existentially like daily yeah how do you practice like you know like the, the Buddhists have the breath thing I think Christians have the thing of returning to his word yeah so you can return quickly to well, be like this person's a living poem yeah, you know, like wait. So if you're in conversation, you immediately say, "I know that they're a poem that God made up." Yeah. So like immediately, I like, what is this poem, Lord? And how are you adding lines to it? How are yeah. you calling it forth? Yeah. So you can do that as a daily. I do that as a daily practice. Yeah. When I'm in conversation, especially if I get drawn away from Him in mm -hmm. any way. So what? Yeah, you know, the lonely place. So. So we'll finish with that. Part. I have so many thoughts. Ah. That's so good. cool. That's I love good. the subject. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna pause Sabbath. here. We're gonna come back. Suggestions Sabbath. for seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay mm. we're back and our dog is in peace and our dog is in peace let me make sure we're recording i think we are yeah. and our dog is in peace yeah okay yeah, so we, we at least got jacob in uh in sabbath so just quickly <laughs> yeah, our dog it's not an easy dog. job getting nature in sabbath no. talking about like speaking consecrating time and stuff hallelujah just quickly, okay, so running through practices of, um, and when we How do you practically stay in rest? So when you, it's talking about staying in rest, which isn't about the absence of doing things in no, my brain. No. It's about the presence of... His presence. Yeah, it's about <laughs> the presence of presence, mm -hmm. and it's about releasing from, you know, I would call it in myself, and I think for a lot of people, us uh, releasing from a sense of obligation or a needs to to keep up now mm -hmm. there are daily things that we're all responsible for on any given day of the week yeah. you know you have kids or things to take care of and creatures. you know creatures but so let's say on a say you're going to on a weekly basis you know I think it helps to pick like one day a week where you're really practicing some form of rest for the entire day. Mm -hmm. And whatever that takes to really do that is, is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like for me, for example, for the longest time, a lot of what I called Sabbath was a day 
And we chose Sunday because it's a Sunday is a really chillax day in Austin. Yeah. There's not a lot of things open, and it's the a, same in Europe. It's a little and bit it, of a cliche day to do Sabbath. Yeah, but, yes, but, but you time. know, um, we try to get a lot we of do our it. household done stuff done on on Saturday, and so on Sunday, I. For me, it was like do I call it like do what I want to do when I feel like doing it, which is just kind of putzing around the house and sort of, oh, I feel like knitting now. Okay, oh, I feel like reading now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I feel like doing that. And so I usually don't make plans. Like there was a season of our life even where we had um, a, like a house church on Sundays, mm-hmm. which which was okay, but, but it kind no of work. ended up being work on Sunday for mm-hmm. us. And so for those of you who actually do church or ministry or work on Sundays and you got to carve out another day because really Mm -hmm. it's it's sort of a day that kind of brings you into the center with yourself Mm -hmm. or your your spouse or whatever you know whatever it takes and uh, And I like what you were just saying though about like it's not so much how much you do it's like where you do it from where you do it so like you know for me I I like to jog and take walks and like I'm very active in my rest yeah I actually rest by doing very active things even travel yeah so as you can see from recent entries I I actually get rest on planes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't. Everybody's different. Yeah. So you need to know your personal places where you meet God in a place of outside of um, the stresses of uh, the pressures. Yeah. So that you can actually act and choose how to do things yeah. uh, with Him. Yeah. So you're in collaboration. So you're learning something from what you do. Because what makes things meaningless yeah. is when you're not actually doing them with Him. Yeah. I, and I've, I've taught that multiple times, but I think it's a fact. When you feel meaningless, it means you're not actually slowed down enough internally to be with him in them. Because yeah. he will meet us in every activity we do, including rearing kids, including going to the school, including like working on electricity or plumbing. Yeah. Like he'll meet us in those things. I mean, Brother Thomas was our, you know, Thomas, was it Brother? Uh, the guy who wrote the um, Practicing His Presence? Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence. So he was so good about that because he realized that you could meet him in doing dishes. That's but, a good one. But to meet him in doing dishes, yes. you actually have to be present with the Father. So if you're not in Sabbath, you can't be present with him in your in your daily activities. It's like, yeah, talking, a, a time that you can just talk with him mm-hmm. as much as possible through mm-hmm. whatever you're doing in really simple ways. And yeah, and when you, know, you lose that, I think that's when you step back to the lonely place and, and you get or to the prayer place or the garden. Yeah. You get back to the garden quickly and maybe more often even as you get older yeah. so that you start to practice moving from the garden of peace yeah um and and you know where you're you're doing your plumbing and you're actually really aware of the person you're aware of what plumbing is and what god's doing through it and what he's teaching you and discipling he's always discipling in all directions yeah so now i want to go back to something that when we were talking earlier in the first part that just sort of triggered a thought because Mm -hmm. i've heard this you know from other teachers before and it really speaks to me is that you know even in, in, in the Old Testament, you see that there were, they had seasons of Sabbath or seasons of mm-hmm. laying fallow. So they mm-hmm. would have like seven or whatever, this, this many seven. years and <coughs> every, let the, let every seventh rest. year, the land itself. So you see how that practice of Sabbath translated into years and seasons. And one reason for that is... Even that, to make the land fruitful, it I has mean, to rest. I mean, you know, agricultural scientists have studied this. You know, if you don't let, if you don't allow a season of land to remain fallow, it ends up becoming, like, dry and deserted Absolutely. and unproductive because... And, of course, it's always... Know, like, God, yeah, God was teaching through how to relate to nature. Exactly. He was doing that throughout. Like, here in Texas, you know, they have down at this one uh, kind of... The wildflower center mm-hmm. that I go to, 
it's like every six or seven years they set like controlled fires. They do that in a lot mm-hmm. in the Southwest to actually burn down all the plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, because it starts this cycle of, of, new, of birth. new birth and <coughs> kind of sort, sort of decaying plants mm-hmm. go away. But there's there's practices in agriculture and that. Mm-hmm. And but I think in our own lives, if it's like if you don't practice the rest and the Sabbath on a weekly mm-hmm. or on a seasonal mm-hmm. basis, I do think that's a source of where all your not just your wells run dry, but things start going awry. Yeah, and I, and I would say anxiety, because that's a huge, obviously, uh, 20th century issue for yeah. all the novelists. But, like, you get more anxiety if, if things don't rest. If, if things you stay rest, in cycles of constant production and obligation. Yeah, and, which you yeah. have a lot in the Western world. I mean, mm-hmm. you do. I mean, you have it everywhere. Asia has part, you know, the East has part two. But, like, where if you're hyper-producing, you, you, you end up in a, a, a culture of anxiety. And, like, how do you, how do you escape anxiety? Well, it's not but just it by it, it's not just by retreating entirely. It's it's about like regularly, like the way it laid out in scriptures was like regularly allowing the land to lay fallow. Yeah. And like regularly doing that so that you're healthy to give and produce and enjoy the fruits of of producing. Right. We're meant to be like gardeners, right. basically, even right. of cultures and cities. So we're we're meant to enjoy our labor. Yeah. I, I really believe that we're, we're even before the fall that, yeah. that, that that God wanted them to till the land and work. Yeah. Like we enjoy working. We're made to do that. Yeah. And we like uh, Kratos like helping complete the earth. What but if but if we do it in anxiety, which is what you see a lot, like I'd say you know 70-80% of what you see like even in the news is the, the tone is anxiety. Well, and you know, one one of the things Another example I, I, I like is there's a, a ministry in North Carolina that mm. every um, seventh year they um, all their leaders stop they from go tra- offline. They stop well they stop from traveling, they don't do any mm-hmm. conferences and yeah. they've probably been in their thing for, you know, twenty five, thirty years yeah. now and they've done it like three or four times. Yeah. And they do it specifically because they feel like if we don't, we really want more um mm. We want more of the Holy Spirit. We want more of His presence, and we want yeah. more vision, and yeah. we want to keep growing. And if we don't do that, mm-hmm. we're going to end up like crumbling. Yeah. You know, our ministry is going to dry up as a result. And but I think I think it's true in marriage. I think it's true in relationships. Exactly. If you don't take a break where you're just being again, yeah. like kids, like you can't, you know, you can't uh, download the kingdom, right? And the ways of the kingdom. So if you want more of Him. You have to practice Sabbath, but anyway, I, I was just kind of I think going it's back really practical, though. I don't think it's a right. even a religious uh, concept. I think it's a it's a I how to live life well. Another practical thing. Um, I'll just kind of. Sp- I agree with you, though. I think yeah, that's a, a real speak from something that strong. happened to me last week or the week before. But you know, one of my challenges to 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 a lot of people now is, um, you know, this isn't for everyone, but it's for a whole lot of people. It's like get off the internet yeah. um you know i take phone seven <laughs> take get and that includes i your, take, that I take phone smartphones seven. too mm-hmm. it's like you know there's i was just reading this scientific study a couple weeks ago that talks about like say if you're on instagram or facebook every single day or even just online and reading mm. what we we take in compared to like th- 20 30 years ago mm. the amount of information that people are looking at sure. and aware of on a daily basis yeah, and have to interpret and some of it is really traumatic stuff yeah. there's always going to be one more thing to be aware of well, and and, but, there's, and there's almost like a, I mean I think some well, of the early philosophers were saying this some of the symbioticians but they were talking about like you have a um, it, it's a you get 
you get tired by interpreting constantly? Yeah, and so they've uh, discovered that, you know, especially in kind of teenagers right now, but in all of us, you know, it's led to increased, like, dopamine levels mm -hmm. in the brain and other things, sure, and, it would which increases anxiety levels. Yep. So my... I, I can find that article and kind of link to yeah. it under the podcast, but I mean, I really strongly recommend and suggest that people take social media fasts yeah. and internet fasts, like maybe one day a week, don't get online. There's always yeah. going to be someone to contact on Facebook, y'all, like just, but, or, but or also, Instagram or whatever. I'd say even like phone fast, so like, I'll be aware in case an emergency comes up, I'll keep my phone on for emergencies, yeah. but like my phone will also give me information about all the politics and all the world, you know, dynamics, right. and it's like, not all of those I'm meant to encounter every day. Yeah. So like, that, choose that's, your encounters, and that's getting harder for people. Yeah, and that's also like, it's kind of a crisis of interpretation, right. because it's like, nobody can interpret the amount of information, unless you're Daniel and you've been fasting and you can just like read all the books and everything, yeah. then you might be able to get to a place where you can just encounter constant information that's not yours yeah but the way it is like maybe you have a ability to interpret government or maybe you have an ability to interpret the arts or whatever news story comes up on your phone but like basically we get this constant barrage of information yeah. and I think to stay in Sabbath first of all you have to have discernment like to be able to choose like which stories are, is he drawing me to yeah so that's a real big one with internet in general it's like what stories are you drawing me to and I always ask him that talking about practical practices of Sabbath I ask him, which stories do you want me to look at? Do you want me to look at the story about the girl who died in this, or do you want me to look at the refugees? Like, he's got me on the refugees right now. I've been thinking about them. Other stories, maybe not so much. Yeah. You know, like, um, and so, like, that's part of Sabbath is discernment. There is a discernment component in, yeah. in learning how to Sabbath well. Yeah, and it's not, you know, and it's not just about pushing away from it entirely, but I do think, no, you it's know, not, it's in the last not. year, we, we were talking about this, I've noticed is a lot of people just you know constant reacting to everything and there's just a lot of trauma in the world right yeah. now and there's a lot to behold and i don't think any of us can yeah. wisely behold all of it well it's it's, but it's, it's i'm just talking about communication so i'll just give you my example let me finish that when i last week or sure. when it was a week before i'm online a lot for my business and other things but i also yeah. read a lot of articles and things i'm not on social media very much but um i you know i had one day where i just decided not to open my computer at all and boy that's that hard because i'm just i love checking my email and reading articles and things yeah. and um and i just I, I read that day i worked on some knitting i read like half of a book i mean mm -hmm. i've been reading a few different books lately and at the end of the day i just it felt so different inside like mm -hmm. i was like i'm not just barraging my head with information mm -hmm. i'm and I and in in the middle of that, you were sense, out of town, so I was talking to my talking to God a yeah, lot. because in some sense you can be victimized by information. Exactly. Rather than like you know you have to choose your your traumas. Like right. you know, they used to say choose your trials, but now I think it's choose your traumas to encounter daily. And it was yeah. weird because at the end of the day, I didn't feel isolated because I wasn't online or whatever. I mm -hmm. felt I felt richer, mm -hmm. and I also felt more excited about the next day, and I yeah, thought, oh good. my gosh, I need to do this more often, so I know some of you have this practice That's a good already, practice. but I do encourage people that don't to really pray and ask about, hey, God, do you want me to fast from internet or social yeah. media like one day a week or whatever, and I really encourage it, and that includes leaving your phone at home, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah, and other disciplines, <laughs> what, why are, you, why are you looking at me funny? Oh, no, no, I was just sort of like, yeah, no, right, like fasting from your phone... But also, like, I think the daily practice. So it used fasting to, is one. Well, it used to be named. Yes, fasting is a practice. But like, it used to be named, like, kind of, like, choose your trials. 
So, for instance, Jesus only, you know, he, he's a man acquainted with all of our sorrows, but he knows that we can't handle all of his sorrows. So he gives us the sorrows that we're meant to encounter. So as a counselor, I think about this often. So I can deal with some veterans, but not all veterans. Yeah. I can deal with some refugees, but not all refugees. Where What I mean deal with, I mean like I can meet Jesus through the encounter so yeah. that I'm useful to them yeah. as a minister, as a minister of his life. Mm. Okay? So we have to choose our, our, our trials. They used to say choose your trials. Now I think you'd say choose your traumas because every day there's another trauma. I've got 10 on my phone right now, like fresh traumas, slander and all these different traumas that are going on in the world. So like, but I have to choose which ones he's inviting me to know him through. Yeah. And this is part of choosing Sabbath. So like, I can't, you know, like, you know, everyone has their own sphere of where they meet him, mm. uh, sphere of influence, but also sphere of where they meet him. So I can't di digest every abuse that happened today in the whole planet. Yeah. I it, it, I can. I mean, yeah. it, but but I but it's going to make me depressed. Yeah. You know, so like, we're, we're talking about like, it, when I'm resting with him, Jesus. So again, I, I go back to this teaching with Jesus because if he would have skipped Jerusalem because he had a whole bunch of people to take care of that day, because he was aware of all the needs in the whole area, in the whole Middle East, or we would call it the Middle East, he was aware of all the needs in the people in the Middle East, but he had to get to Jerusalem on time, right? So he, had, he, knew, what, he knew what Sabbath was calling him out towards. Mm -hmm. So he didn't just randomly heal everybody at that moment. Yeah. You know, and his, his disciples were kind of annoyed by it. Yeah. Uh, but but he was actually had parameters on his ministry. Yeah. Like he had a pathway laid before him. Yeah. And like he's going to take care long term. He was thinking of everyone's traumas yeah. in the world. But at that time when he was on Earth, he did not get ADD. Yeah. He did not get like oh <laughs> you know over in China you guys aren't aware of this because there's no internet. But like in China people are being raped right now. So I need to go heal those people. I need to fly over there and heal those people. No, I need to walk towards the cross because yeah. I realize that the cross is actually going to you know, bring Sabbath into the whole planet mm -hmm. or whatever. And so, like, you know what I mean? So there is something with, yeah. on a practical level, we're looking now at, like, just, you know, constantly being barraged by... All kinds of... Trauma things. stories, you know. Yeah. A lot of it's trauma stories. Yeah. Um, and it's just sort of, like, the latest trauma. And I think we have to filter that through that place of peace with him, that place of Sabbath of resting in him. Yeah. Um, where we're moving from... We're moving from him. Yeah. Um... I think he's yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, anyways. Oh, I think he's okay. Sorry, we have to check on our dog again. But yeah, there is something about this, um, like thinking in terms of like when even staying in Sabbath when you're on the internet or when you're when you're on the um, phone or whatever. Yeah. Like you know, every day has different things that pulls you, and sometimes it pull, will pull you away from Sabbath. And one of my ministry friends, Dave, was talking to me about like. When I'm when I am actually drawn from Sabbath towards someone, and they're extremely depressed or suicidal, I don't leave feeling depressed and suicidal, because I, w I met Jesus in between. So mm. this is one of the fruits that you can test Sabbath by. That's something he practices. Though. Did, what did I move in Sabbath today? Meaning, like, is his burden light? Yeah. Like, am I actually moving in um, uh. a freedom of his spirit? We should be interviewing Dave. He moves from Sabbath really we will. well. Yeah, we will. <laughs> But, um, I had one more thought. But I like I like what you're talking about with that. Yeah, I was just know, I, I mean I, I'm how sure how it works out practically. <coughs> okay, everybody, um, our cat stepped on our computer, so we're gonna finish this. <laughs> we, 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 the cat stepped on our computer. And we kept talking, so we're gonna yeah. we're gonna try to 
yeah. backtrack and finish. But, Animals uh, have a way of editing. Yeah, we're having we're having an animal day. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So we were talking about the spiritual disciplines. Um, yeah, different ways of practicing. Different ways Sabbath. of practicing Sabbath, which can be encouraged through the spiritual disciplines. There's also like we once making the part art. that didn't get recorded was we were talking about creativity and making art and play as a way of releasing from you know, pressures and, and, and getting to center and, um, yeah. And a way of just staying like uh, playful, like childlike. In yeah. Them. So I think, I think art, Oh, there's some nice rain. Wow. It's raining. Uh, oh my gosh. It's beautiful. Well, you guys are getting all the weather on this podcast. All right. <laughs> Classic Texas. It never rains in July. Here mm. we go. It never rains. Well, it does sometimes in California, but it also does here in Texas. Uh, oh, that smells good. Yeah. Okay. It's raining. It's raining, y'all. Yeah. That's um, creative, too. That's the, creative. The idea of, like, uh, you know, making art with him yeah. is another way of releasing this Sabbath. Oh, that feels so good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's bringing a breeze in. Okay. So, well, we can keep going on different suggestions, but maybe, honey, can you, that would be cool to just end and pray and bless people's yeah. Sabbath and place of peace and finding new tools for that for themselves mm. and I don't know yep yeah so just like um, uh, Lord I just pray like um, that uh, friends who are listening and just all kinds of people <laughs> um, would just be able to uh, draw into uh, the part of you that is Sabbath and um, that you would act, they would actually experience that rest in themselves that is in you um, that they would they would have that I am to I am moment the capital to lower curse like moment and I just pray that like um, out from there there would just be a real simple um, uh, expression uh, of a living well and, and enjoying life mm. um, that you would uh, take us into more of your rest mm. and uh, not just rest from activities but rest in our beings in our hearts um, that we get to a place where we could uh, actually have the luxury of being playful through mm. creativity and art Mm. Um, and that, um, and shining in our own beauty, so that we would actually be a blessing to others around us. Mm-hmm. Um, you make us uh, people of peace, um, so that uh, we would be able to bring peace. Mm. So first of all, that you would make us in ourselves people of peace, so that you can bring peace. Um, and so people of the Sabbath, and that you would help us to cling to your Sabbath as a place of our origin, a place of action, uh, out from. And so. Just praying your Sabbath out to friends today, and and, um, and uh, um, just kind of um, the pleasure of being, and uh, so just uh, praying that um, the uh, courage to be part Victor Frankel thing, but like uh, praying that courage to be, uh, to be with you, outside of all the things we do. Um, in Jesus' name, He was able to do it on Earth and can teach us how to do it. Amen. Yay! Yeah. Yay rain! Sabbath. And and refreshing. Alright. Because refreshing comes when All you right. rest. Amen. Amen. Mm. <laughs>